This podcast is supported by the University of Tartu Astra Project Peraspera, financed by the European Regional Development Fund. Hey everyone, welcome to the Communicating Science Podcast, where we discuss the challenges and pitfalls of PhD research and hopefully give you some insight and advice. Uh, today, in this episode, we talk to three PhD students uh, who are attending the writing retreat at the Doctoral School in Economics and Innovation, uh, which is basically five days with over 40 hours of writing, short workshop, activities to help clear their minds, as well as the opportunity to discuss with others and with a facilitating consultant. So this uh, format of writing retreats is something that we have talked about quite a lot in our previous podcast with uh, Rowena Murray. Um, and um, yeah, for these students, this format is, uh, is definitely inclusive and collective. Uh, it will be supported and facilitated and the focus is really on writing together to increase motivation and writing productivity. Um, so we take this opportunity to talk to these three students who will shortly introduce themselves and um, well, listen to their experiences throughout the writing retreat. So some of them have already attended a number of writing retreats, um, others have never attended a writing retreat. Um, so it will be interesting to, um, to, to listen to their experience. Thank you, Liga, Pegasus and Luca for joining this uh, discussion. Uh, so perhaps you would like to give a short introduction about yourself. Tell me a little bit who you are, um, what discipline are you in and how far are you actually in your studies? Um, Liga, would you like to go first? Yes, I'm a, st I'm a PhD student at Tallinn Technical University and um, I'm doing my PhD in business administration and um, it's my fourth year currently, so I'm writing up my fieldwork um, and my fieldwork is in Kyrgyzstan, it's about development cooperation management. Okay, thank you. I'm Luca. Uh, I'm a second year PhD student in economics at the University of Tartu. Uh, I'm working on big data methods, uh, machine learning, supply to macroeconomic analysis. Uh, I'm currently writing uh, a paper about uh, pre uh, predictions on US industrial production with boosting and over machine learning methods. And uh, I collaborate with the OVER project at University of Tartu. I'm writing also over papers that are not related to a topic, but uh, I've found interesting and that's it for the moment okay thank you yeah my name is Guy Gisis and I'm also <coughs> third year PhD student in the uh, University of Tartu uh, I am a regional economist and uh, I am I am uh, writing my thesis on uh, corruption studies and how it is related to foreign direct investments and mm -hmm. uh, firm level uh, investments too mm -hmm. and their performances yeah, that's, I mean, one of the things that I really love working with writers is, you know, the fact that all of you have so fascinating topics, um, uh, at least from my perspective. I mean, you know, writing about your topics might actually give you different perspectives, but uh, but maybe you can tell a little bit about, uh, about your writing experiences. So do you actually consider yourself a writer? Yeah, I could, I could say I am a writer. I have, uh, besides my academic studies, I, I have a hobby. Let's say I am a blogger. Yeah. And uh, I have uh, hundreds of uh, read, uh, readers of my blogs, and it kind of, uh, if I 
if I'm not dealing with academic writing, I am focusing on my blogs and writing my own uh, own things like free write exercise like we did, and right. I'm writing uh, my free opinions, and it kind of uh, has a relaxing effect on me, and also gives some habit. Okay. And I earned this writing habit, mm-hmm. and uh, when I write academic thing, and it really helps me. Right. Yeah. So the 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 blogging itself is 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 a way a good input for your academic writing as yeah, well. Yeah. Exactly. Of, of writing for yourself. Exactly. I have been doing this like three years, like okay. solo writer mm-hmm. on my own blog, and yes, I, I I can definitely say that it helps. Okay. Good. Um, Liga. I think uh, I take writing really personally. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I don't consider myself a writer. I would like to be a writer, and I think that's because that's uh, kind of the the big goal to aspire to. Um, and I think that's related because I've always liked writing, but I've always thought that um, you need to be really good at it. And that same goes for actually reading somebody's writing or writing in general. I am very. I'm a very picky reader, mm-hmm. and I think that also makes it very difficult sometimes to write because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. So you set quite high expectations for yourself in terms of what you consider to be a good writer? Or? Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, I think a long time ago, uh, when I was, uh, I think in, uh, in middle school even, I read this uh, sentence which said, if you, if you don't have to write, don't write. Right. So this is how mm-hmm. I also kind of perceive it, that mm-hmm. if you don't have anything to say, don't say it, mm-hmm. because there's already so much written. Mm-hmm. So there has to be something you want to say, and mm-hmm. then you also want to say it in a really good way. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the two difficulties. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you would like to see yourself as a writer, but you would not actually describe yourself as a writer. Just now, yeah. Right, okay. And Luca? Uh, for me, it's a little bit difficult because in Italian we have uh, uh, with the concept of writer is a very uh, you can be a writer if you are someone that is writing a book. Mm-hmm. So it's a very closed concept. Uh, we have even jokes about people that say that they are writers. Uh, but they are not writing books, or they are just writing articles or some blogs, etc. Mm-hmm. So, in, if we take this uh, strict sense, no, I'm not. If we say that a writer is someone that, write, is write, someone that is writing with a certain frequency, mm-hmm. well, we can say yes, uh, not only for my work, but also I wrote also some articles in some little magazines in it, especially in Italian. Um, one of the main problems that I see recently is the fact that uh, uh, some, let's say, oh, one month and a half ago, I wrote a new article in Italian and uh, it was a while that I was not writing in Italian then was a little bit problematic I would say mm-hmm. because you know I'm get used to writing English and you can notice that uh, sometimes I'm just don't remember exactly some kind of uh, verbs for example some words I have mm-hmm. to problem to recall my mind etc so this is kind of issue mm-hmm. that I see yeah, it's interesting. So I was just having a discussion uh, earlier with my colleague uh, Ani, who uh, well, does Estonian writing, and we have, of course, that similar question. You know, do you consider yourself a writer? 
she said, actually, I can't ask that question in Estonian because the concept of writer in Estonian is completely different. Um, so, so that's in interesting in that sense, of course, because all of you uh, well, are writing in English as a second or even third language. So, Gegis, uh, you, you mentioned third, that, or third, yeah, um, that you that you do blogging. So, what language do you use for? I I mainly use my mother tongue, right. like Turkmen language, mm -hmm. and uh, because my target group is uh, like the people from Turkmenistan and right. young people mm -hmm. and. Uh, this is one way of uh, keeping them alert and also uh, the, there is a scarcity of uh, Turkmen language based materials mm -hmm. like writings or any kind of uh, news and so on and uh, I am kind of on the uh, uh, critical thinking part okay. adding my comments for, um, for uh, problems in society because I, I focus on uh, different um, areas like um, uh, human rights or women rights or social equality mm -hmm. or education development economics mm -hmm. I, I I propose my opinions and uh, people like to read in Turkmen language right yeah. yeah that's why this becomes my first language and mm -hmm. if I see some kind of uh, the uh, problem that uh, relates to wider op wider uh, public mm -hmm. then uh, I, I wrote in uh, in uh, in English, but mm -hmm. uh, but if it is related to, for example, the Turkey, that is my already second fluent language, right. I can also write because I have also a lot of friends, connections uh, that living in Turkey and they are Turkish citizens. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so if I would say, for example, reformulate that question or ask that question in your native language, I mean, would the answer change? Well, okay, uh, this is what you do consider yourself to be a writer, but in your cases, do you think? Liga Luca, that it might change the perspective a little bit or or actually make it even worse. Makes it even worse. Makes it even yeah. worse. Yeah. yeah. So so actually writing in, in English does give you some distance to to the concept itself. So because I suppose that both of you really for your sciences you have to write in English. Uh, you have to publish your articles in English. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I find it really difficult the translation thing as well. In terms of writing, I find it um, impossible actually almost to talk about uh, my topic in Latvian mm -hmm. whereas in English it's it's easier right also in a sense because the language the scientific academic language uh, is a lot more developed mm -hmm. and then there's not enough translations into Latvian so yeah it makes it even also for what concerns me uh, some they started to translate some terms but most of them still is in English so and uh, uh, in this sense, uh, we are not like a French language because uh, normally in France they actually they translate everything mm -hmm. basically. In Italian, we are more open to import uh, new words. So even I don't know if they will like, invent a translation in reality. Right. So I mean, for you, English language is 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 your scientific language, and trying to translate it into Italian. Yeah. Is uh, I mean, it's possible. For example, uh, um, we have uh, a word for computer mm -hmm. in Italian, but we don't use it. Mm -hmm. Exist is a calculator electronic, mm -hmm. but it's quite long. <laughs> uh, and also exists a, a translation for machine learning that they call it uh, uh, method di apprendimento automatico. Mm -hmm. But right. But there is, yeah. there is of course, a world concept of machine learning, which in a way yeah. would be very difficult to yeah. translate. Um, okay. Um, 
Well, I've been talking about your writing, of course, uh, and well, you've uh, all had a lot of experience. So what actually has helped you to develop as a writer from, say, the start of your PhD, or did that development already start at a much earlier stage? It's a good question. Um, I had um, I thought at the very beginning of my PhD that it's really um, that I can't really write, or it was really difficult to begin writing. And I thought I had this massive um, uh, writer's block. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had a chance to go on a, a secondment, so to go on an internship to Transitions Online, which is uh, which is uh, I don't know how you would uh, describe it. It's basically uh, a online news source uh, which writes about uh, Central Eastern Europe and then also Central Asia and so I was there writing articles every day and that turned out to be it, it, perfectly fine like mm -hmm. I could deliver every day in three hours I could deliver an article right, right. so that's uh, that made it clear that it's clear that it's not really about inability to, to write when you have very clear guidelines of how to write and, and how to structure your text mm -hmm. because that's what they look for for a very concrete form and then you just kind of fill in the content whereas of course with the PhD um, at least in my case the form and the content all of it is up to me I mm -hmm. mean it's a very rough structure of how you should do it but uh, but it's not really um, so, so rigid in, mm -hmm. in a way mm -hmm. so I think Mostly, what has helped is uh, is thinking through and structuring uh, and to, and drawing a lot of uh, mm. plans for me and uh, and kind of schemes of how it could all fit together. So mm -hmm. inventing the, the form that would work for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so if there's no structure, then just create that structure, make yeah. that structure before before I sit down to write. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Okay. Luca. Mm -hmm. So you're, you mentioned you're a second year PhD student, mm -hmm. so... The, 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 uh, I mean... Uh, Are you still developing your skills or, yeah. or has there been something in your first year that really has helped you to develop well, your skills? We can say that yes, for sure I improved in the last year, but uh, I think I need more time. Um, also because, for example, I'm... I think I'm still too slow mm -hmm. in writing, in typing. Uh, it's not, uh, I mean, writing in the sense of uh, uh, write something down. Uh, I, I have my thing, thoughts, let's say, is coming something uh, anyway. The problem is that sometimes I, I felt that I'm still too slow in tamping on the cable. Mm -hmm. I'm quite slow. So, and this is, of course, is a waste of time because mm -hmm. I, if, if I would have been, I mean, a little bit faster, mm -hmm. I could be better, let's say. Yeah. So, so your thoughts are going much faster than actually what you can put on paper. Yeah, yeah. no, but not in the paper, I'm quite fast, but my calligraphy is quite terrible. Okay. But the uh -huh. problem is uh, typing on the keyboard right. is more like... Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, well, I mean, Gagas, you mentioned that you actually do a lot of writing, so and the blogging itself. So I suppose that yeah, but uh, there is no limit of learning. Mm -hmm. I am developing every day my writing skills, I would say. And uh, recently, I have acquired some 
kind of new techniques. For example, before I wasn't listing uh, literatures, mm-hmm. uh, all the uh, the articles that I may use in the article, uh, in my article, and I have I haven't done this, and in in my um, previous paper I I did it, mm-hmm. and I was really proud of that because whenever I need. Um, I need an article or kind of reference. I was just looking, okay, who wrote this? And because I, I create a table that is a author, year, journal, main argument, finding, mm-hmm. and whole abstract. Mm-hmm. It, it was one word file that compiles everything there. Okay. And here, for example, uh, usually uh, I create my uh, uh, research map. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, in my mind usually mm-hmm. and here in uh, during this uh, writing retreat I also showed you I create my own uh, research map on paper mm-hmm. first time in this my academic career like uh, you create your map okay. like what mm-hmm. you do and you you know what what's going to happen mm-hmm. and uh, like uh, kind of uh, for example if you are saying x related to y then you have to explain why x relate to y and mm-hmm. and in my case recently i create for example three different channels that it may influence and when i created i was able to see the big picture right that mm-hmm. was that was uh, the biggest improvement and mm-hmm. another uh, also related to uh, literature review i like reverse a uh, reverse um, pyramid mm-hmm. i i created this before i was thinking all of it all mm-hmm. the time in my mind but mm-hmm. i had never I have never mapped on. Uh, I have never uh, mapped on uh, paper, mm-hmm. and I did it in this uh, writing school. Mm-hmm. And uh, since you see the pattern, and one more thing, I uh, I recently came across <laughs> uh, my first year paper. Mm-hmm. I looked and I see that uh, how, how primitive I was. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can immediately see the sharp change. Mm-hmm. Like this was written by very novice newly graduate master mm-hmm. student mm-hmm. yeah but now we are all a third year student probably we have uh, we have read uh, thousands of articles i would say mm-hmm. and you have participate many different um, uh, conferences and mm-hmm. so on you have uh, already some developed mm-hmm. mindset compared to three years ago mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah one of the things of course that we really um, you know, try to give students is, 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 is building a repertoire of writing. Uh, so not only to think about, you know, writing in sciences or writing during articles, but, you know, as you do, for example, also to blog, uh, but also to find different ways of, of visualizing writing. So to write and to build maps, etc. Um, and we call that a different repertoire of writing. So, you know, not only to try and stick to the clear formats uh, that are out there. So I think that's, that's very important. And, yes, exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. Liga, did you want to say something about that, or I saw that you were taking down some notes, or? Oh yeah, no, mm-hmm. uh, I was just uh, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. For mm-hmm. me, to kind of part of the structuring, writing, and understanding what I want to say is uh, very often um, a kind of uh, a more unconscious creative process, maybe even. So I also use a lot of colors, for example, and uh, and drawings mm-hmm. at some points when I feel stuck. So. Mm-hmm. I think that's also something to, and it's nice to hear that it uh, enters also kind of more more um, structured environments, let's mm-hmm. say, in, mm-hmm. in um, higher education. Yeah, uh, we have one uh, student of semiotics now giving a workshop on visualizing writing. So we're very excited to see how how that might mm-hmm. you know again give students a different approach to you know to writing and developing their writing skills. 
because it is exactly like you said, you know, when you know we're constantly learning. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, you already mentioned the writing retreat. So we are currently at a writing retreat. Yeah. Um, so for how many of you is this actually the first time that you're at a retreat? Uh, Luca and Liga, this is your first writing retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, so has it been a success for you both? So as I, as I wrote to my comments in the worksheet, I think I've done 60% of what I plan to do in this writing retreat. But probably the problem was that my plan was too much ambitious, probably. But indeed, in any case, uh, I, I improved for sure the, uh, the paper in mm-hmm. any case. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, that was one of the goals to set a target and to see whether that act, whether it's actually a realistic target or not. Because, mm-hmm. of course, we do set ourselves goals and then we always find out that okay, well, they are just too high. Mm-hmm. So sometimes just that realization, you know, to set just lower goals is fine. You know, we don't need to, um, you know, at first already say, OK, well, by the end of five days, I will have an article for some that is maybe unrealistic, although we would love to achieve yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's like Machiavelli said, when an archer wants to uh, get a target, uh, they should uh, put the arrow to the sky, because in this sense, the arrow will uh, make a kind of uh, trajectory mm-hmm. and they will arrive uh, longer, you know, in a, in a place that uh, if we not be around the target, we'll be not so far, let's mm-hmm. say. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Well, Liga, for you, it's also the first time you're at a retreat? Yeah, um, I guess it's always a little bit uh, surprising anyway to find out that it takes such a long time to write an article. Mm-hmm. Really, or, uh, and I think, of course, it's clear that it takes longer than, than five days or four and a half days. Um, but it's interesting to see even with a, with a complete focus uh, on, on, on writing and many hours of writing this week, uh, probably more than during a normal week. Still, the progress is not very, um, very big, mm-hmm. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but it also that means you know that I can uh, maybe be less tough uh, with myself also in the everyday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, what well, we call it a structured writing retreat, and and one of the things that we really do set out is that the time that you're giving to write is protected. Right. So we do see that there's a necessity to protect time for writing. And of course, that in a retreat you are given that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you might be incredibly productive during that time. But at least you know that, okay, well, it's time spent productively. Yeah. Um, and that's something that, you know, we hope that people will take away, uh, you know, after the retreat. I mean, Gagas, as you've been at the retreats for... I haven't missed anything. You haven't missed any have retreat? Any retreat. Okay. Yeah, that, that was a kind of a biggest feature. And probably if I... If I write my dissertation, one uh, in acknowledgement part, two sentence will go to writing retreats uh-huh. and Judah Hanani probably. That um, I, I we met 2016 yes. uh-huh. or no 2017 January end of mm-hmm. 16 and uh, that was the first um, lesson I learned. Like uh, you had you had given uh, some. Mm-hmm. Uh, presentation, how to write, where to write, what to do, and many other questions that right. you right. raised there, and we tried to answer them, and uh, then it gave uh, shape to my uh, writing. And since then, of course, there is always progress, and uh, 
and uh, even sometimes you feel yourself like in writing retreat you feel yourself like a have to say hopeless in mm-hmm. some time but somehow uh, this peer effect and environment and many other things uh, influence you you just look okay in front of you your friend is writing okay you can't see his computer but he's writing and uh, the other person is also writing so why don't you feel yourself guilty you have to feel guilty mm-hmm. if you are hopeless mm-hmm. yeah and this become kind of hope for you and uh, Yes, I think uh, writing retreats uh, have a big role in uh, in uh, and like direct effect on my writing, but there are also indirect effects. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, I get to know many people mm-hmm. in this writing retreat in economic society of Estonia and outside of Estonia. I saw a lot of people and I was able to uh, develop some other papers. Mm-hmm. This is indirect effect like uh, still leads to writing something like cooperating Mm -hmm. but in direct way you get to know people you expand your network and Mm -hmm. this is because of uh, you all stay same place in a writing retreat yeah Yeah. beside direct effect yeah Yeah, and that's that's i I suppose the other um, aspect of the retreat that that we really want to to promote is that you know it is writing in social spaces so you know we do not necessarily need to write by ourselves Um, you know it's it's perhaps a yeah. But the the point is that what I noticed uh, also in the past is the fact that when you are close to someone that is writing or in any case is working, basically this is a kind of uh, as a kind of positive influence to you in terms of writing, studying too. This is something that happens when I was in in France also. My uh, Algerian friend uh, told me sometimes, uh, Luca, when I saw you working, I want to work too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a kind of, I mean, it's a kind of uh, probably social psychology mm-hmm. group uh, thing, let's mm-hmm. say. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, okay, well, I think that we can go to, to perhaps our last question uh, here, uh, which is... Um, well, basically, that well, none of you are first-year students, but if you were to give some advice to a new first-year students, what would that be? I think uh, spend your time. I would say uh, spend your time uh, with the um, like. Don't jump to the writing immediately. I guess this is a this is a kind of advice in a way that. Uh, learn how to write it mm-hmm. like uh, read something attend conferences attend uh, academic writing courses and so on like uh, because once you write you may write in a very low level and you're still developing but uh, with some touch you know you can draw mm-hmm. a picture of yeah you can draw a picture but once you have some uh, contribution from professionals and mm-hmm. some other people, you can draw better picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of uh, drawing just a color, someone will tell you that draw a horizon and so mm-hmm. on, and then you may have idea and so on. But uh, yeah, first year is kind of a learning process, mm-hmm. let's say. And uh, as we all know, that they have uh, courses to give, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, in the end of like they can practice a bit. But in first year, I will rather suggest them to learn how to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they will not have time for mm-hmm. learning because mm-hmm. all next uh, next three years is uh, uh, is um, kind of year demanding from you to produce something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, so what you're saying is, it's, is take the first year as an experimental period. So, yeah. you know, write an write an article, but experiment with it. Yeah. You know, also learn how to construct it, learn how to develop. Exactly. It. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, apart, let's say some obvious things like uh, choose, uh, like uh, try to choose uh, better as you can your supervisors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a kind of standard thing. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's more like uh, uh, try to plan very well what you will do, not only in the first year, but also have a kind of big plan uh, for the. I mean PhD years and if you can also especially when you are approaching the end try to plan the after because uh, this is something that uh, I mean I have also friends that already graduated mm-hmm. and and I know that uh, they some of them they were quite fine some of us they st- are still struggling to find something or in any case they struggle to find something uh, especially it depends also if you have some kind of constraints mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, if you don't mind to go wherever maybe it's not a big deal mm-hmm. if you have some kind of geographical constraint for whatever reason like family or whatever well that is uh, something that you have to take into account and it means that you have to uh, planning there in advance if you have some uh, very good uh, uh, position that you are interested in uh, I don't I don't want to say to do as uh, some English students normally do like planning 10 years in advance mm-hmm. and the kill whatever you will pass uh, on your uh, will be between you and your plan mm-hmm. but uh, in any case uh, well you you have to plan yeah very well I think mm-hmm. yeah planning is uh, I think quite uh, quite important in terms mm-hmm. of you know even when you think about micro planning but also but know, also the big one yeah. and you should try of course, it's difficult, but you should try to connect the micro plans with the macro plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a kind of relationship, if you want, between uh, strategy and tactics. Yeah. Uh, but and of course, you you have to adjust because uh, a lot of external factors would arise. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I I agree. I think planning is really really critical. Also because. It seems that it's a very long, uh, long time kind of uh, long process, but it goes uh, by so fast, and uh, and so at some point you kind of realize that you're already too 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 far in to do something or to change something or or alter. But uh, I think it's really important to read to read a lot on the uh, during the first year and to really take time doing that. But then as you're reading, I think it's really important to think of a structure that works for you mm-hmm. uh, for, for kind of filing and, and keeping your own personal library of things that you've read. Um, I guess this is maybe not even a suggestion for people, but uh, it's more something that I regret that I didn't do very mm-hmm. properly. So I had to change my whole system of uh, how I uh, keep my files and, mm-hmm. and how I type them and so mm-hmm. on throughout the, the process and that uh, then is a really huge amount of work mm. to actually do. I think when I started I didn't realize that it's true that we will probably read throughout our um, time, uh, you know, 500 or, or more articles. So right. that's something to right. kind of 
keep in mind and to plan also for that. How are you going to remember what's what's going on, like the uh, system that you mentioned, for mm -hmm. example, with the Excel files and so on. But something that will um, make it easy to um, to find and to refer to these articles uh, when you start actively writing. Mm -hmm. Also, so that you don't recycle uh, constantly the same uh, sources, which mm -hmm. I think becomes kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So, so knowledge management in that sense. Yeah, so, and, yeah, and I think a good way to deal with that is to actually talk to as many PhD students that are already uh, further in the process or to people who are already with degrees and mm -hmm. to discuss all different sorts of ideas and ways that they were doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very useful way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, just to to uh, mention something that well, look at you that you indicated about supervisors. Of course, supervisors are the ones that you know at the beginning stages should be the ones to provide that kind of information on, on what is really important. Mm -hmm. So choosing supervisor is is essential. Um, but at the same time, of course, I think that for everybody there are different stages in, in in what you need to manage in those parts. But I think that the advice that you have given to first year students is uh, is absolutely. Um, very useful. So, Liga, you want to? Yeah, I have one more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, no, I think it's also to realize that um, uh, that uh, writing a PhD is or can be a very isolating experience, mm -hmm. and that is something to also plan for and to maybe strategize that at some point you will be spending very long hours alone with your with your uh, laptop, mm -hmm. basically writing this. And it doesn't matter whether you have uh, family, friends and all that, but uh, still they will not be writing with you. You mm -hmm. will be the one engaging with your topic. And I think um, just realizing um, that and kind of uh, planning for it, like uh, measures how you can uh, stay mentally healthy mm -hmm. is something that is also very important mm -hmm. from year one. So, so how, what kind of advice would you give to, to actually stay mentally healthy? Even. It's a good question. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, well for one. It is to not overwork. To to mm -hmm. as you have this uh, kind of um, uh, how did you call it the space for writing mm -hmm. when you when yeah social space for writing yeah mm -hmm. but when it's uh, when it's just particularly for for writing that you're not going to use it for anything else to have the same kind of uh, safeguarded space for relationships right basically. yeah yeah. So not to drown in it in that sense, but really to say, okay, well, I'm going to spend my time on writing for my PhD, but now I'm just going to disconnect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And maybe throughout the process also to recognize that, uh, uh, I think for me, one of the also greatest discoveries at some point was that uh, I am drifting away in my language from the people that I know, like from friends and family. That even the way I express myself, the way I talk changes during mm -hmm. this time because you read so much and you engage with so much academic literature, you mm -hmm. take over the the way of speaking and thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think at some point you need to uh, look for ways back so that you're mm -hmm. not completely isolated also in the way you speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but sometimes it may have different consequences. Some mm -hmm. uh, friends of mine, when I speak uh, with them, like very casual style, they say that... Um, with humorous sense that uh, don't be Sheldon and so on mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. the verse I'm choosing is is not that is not uh, casual words like mm -hmm. not for that ordinary conversation mm -hmm. I'm using something from my yeah, academic studies and some very technical words and mm -hmm. uh, they have that weird look at you or what are you saying mm -hmm. and then you 
you feel very uncomfortable to explain <clears throat> that's why yeah that is kind of uh, uh, interesting moments as well in daily life if you yeah are. that's what mm-hmm. i meant yeah that mm-hmm. you just somehow yeah. there it's it becomes very um yeah something to deal with actually yeah mm-hmm. to find the way back yeah, yeah. okay well don't be sheldon <laughs> don't be sheldon <laughs> or uh, as we said in italian speak as you eat <laughs> speak as you eat okay <laughs> i think that's a nice way to uh, to end uh, so thank you all three of you for your contribution and um, yeah and, and and I hope that the students who are listening will definitely gain a little bit more information and insight into into the process. Um, so thank you. Well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to check out our Facebook and university webpage. We want to hear your questions and feedback, so message us on Facebook and we'll be answering you on a later podcast. Bye bye for now.